Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord. Good to be in the house of the Lord tonight. And it's good to have my wife here, Sister Taylor French. And we're so glad to be back home. And uh, we've missed everyone. And uh, we made it to San Francisco just in time for the coronavirus to meet us there as well. So we saw a lot of face masks and things like that. But we promised we didn't bring any of that home. And uh, none of that's here, but we had a wonderful time, but it's good to be home with all of you. And I wish that I had time and uh, at right now to thank everyone who worked so tirelessly and selflessly and out of the goodness and kindness of your heart uh, to make the wedding such a beautiful, memorable, God-centered and special moment and occasion. I love all of you very much and I appreciate it from the bottom of my heart, sincerely. And uh, we'll thank you better uh, at another time. Uh, if you have your Bibles, let's grab them. And uh, I want to take you to uh, the book of Hebrews. The book of Hebrews. And Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number 6. Hebrews 11 and verse number 6. And Brother Jinx, I didn't send that to you, so... Uh, we'll just read this scripture and then I'll give my title. If you're able to throw it up, they're fine. We got one screen fixed and we have the other one down, but they're going to be fixed uh, at the same time one of these days in Jesus' name. Amen. Hebrews 11:6. you would probably be able to quote most of it, uh, but let's read it together. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is how many believe that god is so the first step to faith and the first step to pleasing god is pretty simple you just have to believe that he is that there is a god but then you go on and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him that he is a rewarder. Look at your neighbor and say he's a rewarder. A rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And with that scripture in mind, I want that to launch us in uh, to a series of thoughts that the Lord's been laying on my heart to share with you. And I want to begin tonight talking to you about hearing God. Hearing God. How many... You don't have to raise your hand, but how many have ever heard God? God has spoken to you. You could just testify, the Lord has spoken to me. And maybe you're here and God has spoken to you in the past, but you need God to speak to you now. One of the most common questions that I receive from people is how do I hear God? I, I need to hear a word from God. I need God to speak to me. I need God to to give me an answer or direction. Usually it's in the context of searching the will of God. Have you ever searched for the will of God before? And you're, you're seeking the will of God. Now remember, we just read that he is a rewarder of them that what? Diligently seek him. So we know that he's a rewarder. And, and I'd like to talk to us about how to hear God and how to seek after his voice and uh, before we begin, could we just put our Bibles down and lift up our hands and let's just invite the presence of the Lord into the remainder of this service. Can we do that? Lord, in your name we pray right now that you would speak to your people, God. 
I pray that you would minister to us. Talk to us in ways that you have never spoken to us before, Lord. Show us your glory in ways that we have never experienced it before. Help us to walk deeper in your presence and go deeper into relationship with you, Lord, so that not only could we cry out to you, but that we could hear you as you respond. We love you and we praise you and we worship you. God inhabits the praises of his people. Why don't we just praise him for a moment? Clap your hands, shout, jump, run, whatever you got to do. Just praise him for a few moments. I love you, Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. We love you, Lord. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for standing. You can be seated as we talk about hearing the voice of God. There's so many, there's so many situations where you just feel like you need the Lord to speak to you. Um, you know, I, I sometimes hear people say, it, it, I'll pray, and, and it feels like uh, I'm, I'm speaking words to the ceiling, and the words just fall back to me because I, I'm not hearing or feeling the response from God. I think it's natural, and I think it's right to long to hear the voice of God. Have you ever longed to hear God speak to you? Longed? Uh, I think there's that part of our human nature. God created us in his image. And, and before mankind fell into sin, man communicated regularly with God. We, uh, Adam and Eve were able to walk and talk with God in the cool of the garden in the evening. They were able to communicate unhindered, unfettered by rebellion and sin and all of the distractions of the world man was created to have a relationship with god sister cole that is so intimate that we could literally speak to god and hear him respond back to us god longs for that kind of relationship with his children and it's not it's not wrong for us to desire that and it, and we should in fact uh, hope for that in our relationship with God. And don't ever let anyone convince you that it's crazy to want to hear the voice of God. Don't ever let anyone convince you that you need to settle for just uh, feeling as though you're praying and God is distant from you. How many prayer warriors can testify that you can enter into a relationship with God where he, you draw close to him and he draws close to you? The scripture tells us that, that God draws nigh unto them who are of a broken and a contrite heart. And so when we come to God broken and contrite, and longing to be near him, God will come into that moment and he will minister to us with his voice and with his presence. Aren't you thankful for that tonight? Can anyone testify that you have literally stepped into the presence of God? How many could testify that you've had moments in prayer where, where you could literally hear the voice of God and feel the touch of his arms as, as he ministered to you? In relationship, that's a good thing to long for. And yet, if we're honest, we, we all know that there are seasons and times where we struggle to hear God. 
And sometimes we, we might even go longer than we'd care to admit when we have not been able to hear his voice. Perhaps we're speaking to him, but we're not, we're not hearing a response. And so maybe you're here tonight and you're hearing me talk this way and you're seeing people testify and, uh, by clapping their hands that they have heard the voice of God and you're thinking, I've never heard the voice of God. I've, I've never felt God speak to me before. And, uh, and you've convinced yourself that perhaps you never will. I want you to know that you can hear the voice of God. And you can have a close relationship with God where he speaks into your life. And that's what I'd like to talk about tonight. So number one, the first, the first key in being able to hear God's voice and communicate with God is, is very simple, really. You don't make it harder than it is. Amen? You know, it really is a matter of faith, I believe. At some point, you have to believe that God longs to have a relationship with you. You have to believe the scripture that we just read moments ago, Hebrews eleven six, that God will respond to those. He will reward those who diligently seek him. And so if you say, well, I've prayed, but God hasn't responded. And so the human, the human inclination is to say, well, I'll pray less because I'm not hearing a response. No, diligently seek God. Pray more until you hear the voice of God. Go deeper in prayer. Perhaps God is longing to see whether or not you will diligently seek him or whether you will allow the cares and distractions of the world to draw you out of relationship with him. The answer is always to pray more, not to pray less. The answer is always to push harder in spiritual matters rather than to back away from spiritual matters. Go deeper in prayer and believe that God loves you and longs to have relationship with you. Can anyone testify that God loves you tonight? Can you, can you believe that with all of your heart? God is not trying to be far from you. God desires to be close to you. God created you to have relationship with him. God designed you to have relationship with you. Everything about your DNA and your spirituality, everything about your physical makeup, God made you that way so that you could communicate with him. That's how much he loves you. In fact, everyone in this room was created to have a deep relationship with God. And so if you genuinely want to please, now here's where it gets a little bit, a little bit uncomfortable. If you genuinely want to please and obey God, he will reward you for diligently seeking him. Now, here's where prayer gets a little bit, uh, a little bit uncomfortable for us sometimes because many people pray. In fact, I was reading a statistic just this week about prayer and uh, how just about everyone prays, really. There's a very small percentage of people who don't pray. Most people will tell you that they pray. And, and yet, just to pray is not enough. We see it in 2 Corinthians 10 and 5. If you are going to pray, and if you want to receive a word from God through prayer, you're going to have to submit to his lordship. You're going to have to say, as Jesus gave us the example, as God manifests in the flesh, sometimes you're going to have to pray and say, Lord, 
not my will, but thy will be done. Most people pray asking for their will to be done. See, here's how we pray selfishly in our flesh. We say, Lord, here's what I want to happen. Here's how I want it to happen. Here's what I want to do. Here's what I want you to do. And I'm asking you to do it this way and no other way. But God says when we come to him in prayer, we have to come to him in humility and say, Lord, here's what I want and here's what I think needs to happen. But Lord, I don't know everything because I'm not God and you're God. And so God, if you know better than I know, change it all around, rearrange it, do whatever you've got to do. I'm completely submitted to your authority and your lordship and your word in my life. And so if we're humbled to his authority and if we're humbled under the word of God, God will begin to respond to our prayer and to our heart's cry. Can I get someone to say amen? So we must be submitted to his lordship. God is not going to respond to prayers that are not prayed under his authority and lordship and longing to be right with him. Number two, resist and silence the voice of the enemy. If you resist the devil, James said this, he must flee. Look at your neighbor and say he must flee. Now, I've preached this, I used to preach this a lot at, when I was younger at youth events, but I don't get asked to do a whole lot of youth events anymore. Something about getting old, it changes all that. But uh, I used to preach how, you know, sometimes when we think about spiritual warfare and fighting against the devil, we think that we, we have to somehow overcome the devil in prayer. But that isn't what the scripture said. All The scripture told us we have to do is resist the devil. So if if I was in a fleshly battle with someone a lot bigger and stronger than me, it would take more than me just resisting to win that fight because I could resist, but they could still overpower me. But in spiritual warfare, if you in your in your humanity will simply resist what the enemy is trying to do. God steps in. He sees that you're resisting what the devil is trying to do. And then God begins to push back against the devil on your behalf. Because you can't make the enemy flee by yourself. But if you resist, God says, hey, my child's in trouble. He's resisting something over there. And then God gets in the equation and he starts pushing against the devil. And then the enemy is forced to flee. In your prayer life, if you will resist the voice of the enemy, the voice that tells you that God doesn't love you, the voice that tells you that God's not going to hear your cry, the voice that tells you that what you're asking for is impossible, the voice that says that God's too busy or unconcerned with your life, the voice that tells you you've prayed that prayer a thousand times and it hasn't happened, so God must not care about your request. Resist that voice and make it flee so that you can enter into prayer of faith. Where you say, Lord, I don't understand, but I know you're able. I don't know when the answer is going to come, but I know it's coming. I don't know how you're going to part this Red Sea, but I know you're going to do it, Lord. And I'm resisting every voice of the enemy that is trying to rise up in opposition to my prayer life. Sister Cole, uh, you could teach this better than me, but isn't it so true in prayer that it seems like in those early moments of prayer, you know... When you first start 
sitting down to pray, oftentimes that first five or ten minutes is the hardest moments to enter into prayer. Is that true for you, Sister Cole? I know for me that first five or ten minutes is a struggle. And you know why? Because you're overcoming your flesh. You're pushing back against your flesh. And in those early moments, the enemy knows that you're at your most weakened state in prayer because you haven't fully tuned in to the flow of the spirit. And so he'll start whispering things to you to distract you from prayer. He'll start whispering things to you to pull you away from the faith that you need in prayer. And so I have uh, begun in my prayer life in those first five or 10 minutes I begin rebuking the voice of the enemy so that I can push those things away and enter into a depth of prayer that goes beyond just my mindset and my carnality and everything the enemy's trying to push into my spirit. Resist. Everyone said resist. Resist the devil and he will flee. And when you begin to resist the enemy in your prayer life, you'll begin to open up room for the voice of God to speak in to your prayer closet. Sometimes God is speaking, but we don't hear him because we're too focused on other voices. Well, I could preach on that for a while. Sometimes we're just not attuned to the voice of God. And so God's speaking, but we're listening to all of this over here and we're listening to that over there and we're listening to that a voice that plays in our minds, and, and, and so we're drowning out the voice of God with things. By the way, that's why the scripture uh, talks a lot about meditating and, and getting away to pray. We live in such a fast-paced world. You know, it never fails. If you keep your cell phone with you at prayer time, you know what's going to happen in the first five minutes of your prayer time? Your cell phone's going to start beeping and ringing. Something's going to happen. Your phone's going to make noise, and then you've got a voice that's drowning out the voice that you need to be listening for, and we have to push those things out. That's why it's vital that we find time alone with God, alone with God. Make God first. Number, number three in this category, expect God to answer. Look at your neighbor and tell them, expect God. Expect God to answer. If you believe that he is, we just read that, Hebrews eleven six. 6. If you believe that he is, that's the first prerequisite to having faith and to pleasing God is to believe that he is. If you believe that he's real, then you believe he can speak into your life. Anybody believe God's real? Anybody believe he's able to speak? And so when you pray, pray expecting to hear the voice of God. That's really faith. We're just, we're just talking about faith, having the faith to believe. But if you've been a while without hearing the voice of God or if you've never heard the voice of God, you, you'll feel as though it's not possible. But it is possible. Have faith to believe that he is, that he's able, that he's willing, and that he's going to speak into your heart and into your life. And, you know, oftentimes in Scripture, I'm amazed. I, I think it's fun to look at all the examples where people are praying or they're looking for a word from God, and then an angel will show up. And then they're, they're surprised that an angel is there. One of, one of the great examples, I think, in Scripture is when, uh, when they, the whole church was praying for Peter to be released from prison. And even Peter, no doubt, was praying to be released from prison. And an angel of the Lord shows up to free Peter from prison, and he doesn't believe it's an angel. 
He's praying, and then, his, and then God starts answering, and, and he's shocked that God's answering. And then Peter goes and knocks on the door of Rhoda's house. They're all praying for him to be released. And when Rhoda comes to the door, she, she doesn't even believe it's really Peter. Shocked when God starts responding. Sometimes we're that way in prayer. We're asking God to, to speak to us and do things for us, and then God starts doing it, and we're more surprised than anybody. But we should expect God to answer our prayers. Amen? We should expect to see something happen when we pray. We should expect God to respond when we ask him to respond. All right, next slide. Number two. And this one is very, very important. Don't tell God how to speak to you. Don't tell God how to speak to you. He might speak in one of the following ways. So there's several ways that God speaks to us. And I know that... uh, We might want an audible voice, and God does do that oftentimes. He'll speak in an audible voice where we can literally hear him. And sometimes God can speak in a way where everyone hears him at the same time. But that's not the only way that God speaks. And you need to be careful that you don't demand that God speak to you in a certain way. Isaiah 30 and 21, God spoke with a quiet inner voice. He spoke inwardly to the person this is how God most often speaks to me I don't know how God speaks to you but most often God will speak to me uh, in a moment of prayer in a moment of meditation on his word uh, usually in a, a private time alone with God where but I will say there's been times this might sound strange but I'm just going to tell you how how God operates in my life I do a lot of praying in the car anyone pray in the car If you drive in Atlanta traffic very much, you'll do a lot of praying in the car. (laughs) If you drive, and after almost dying in San Francisco a few times, you'll you'll pray a lot in the car in San Francisco too. I'll tell you that any downtown area, and uh, I pray a lot in the car, and I like to listen to worshipful music and pray in the car because I spend a lot of time in a vehicle, and so. Um, lots of times I'll enter into a, a kind of an unexpected moment of prayer in the car. Has that ever happened to anybody? You're just driving and all of a sudden you just go into prayer, deep prayer. And, uh, and I know pastor does this. Uh, you know, he's talked about uh, people seeing him while he's driving down the road and he's in prayer. And uh, I've even driven by pastor where he was in prayer and I was praying for him because I didn't know if he was okay. But, you know, if people see you really praying in your car, they're thinking something's wrong. And I, I think there's probably many people in Atlanta who've looked over and thought, who is that crazy lunatic in his car? What is he doing? But I was praying. And so sometimes God will, will speak to me as I'm driving down the road in the car. And usually when God speaks to me, it's, it's in this quiet inner voice. Anyone know what I'm talking about? Where, where God... I, I can feel God's presence, and I can feel him speaking. It's not necessarily an audible voice that other people could hear, even if they were in the car with me, but God speaks privately to me in my spirit, in my heart. Anybody ever had God speak to you that way? And it's not the only way God's spoken to me, but this is the way that God most often speaks to me. But I would never want to put God in a box and say, this is how you have to speak to me. Because God can speak to us in many, many ways. Here's the next one, and, th- and this is the one that, uh, that we all have experienced if we have any kind of relationship with God. 
is that he'll speak to us through his word or through the Bible. How many have ever been reading the word of God and God just spoke to you? I mean, you're just reading the word because, uh, you know, Jesus is the word manifest in the flesh. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God. And so when you begin to interact with the word of God, God literally will begin to speak to you through the pages of your Bible. How many knows that's true? He'll begin to interact with you. That's, by the way, why you can read a scripture a thousand times. And, and that 1,000 and first time you read it, you will experience something through God that you never experienced the first thousand times you read the scripture. Because God starts speaking to you through his word. How many have ever been reading something and all of a sudden, as you were reading the Bible, some, a revelation came to you. It's like a light bulb came on and God began to speak to you. And you realize, I've never seen that before. I never understood that before. And then God just opens up all of this revelation to you. That's God speaking to you through his word. And, you know, many times I've, I've told people that want to hear the voice of God, and I'll say it to you again tonight. If you want to hear the voice of God and you want God to speak to you, you must be reading your Bible every single day because God has already given us his word. If you want God to speak to you, all you have to do is open up the Bible. And sometimes I think the reason God does not answer certain prayers is because the answer is already given to you in the word of God. And you just have not opened it up to read what he's been trying to tell you all of this time. And so God's not going to tell you something that's right there in front of you in his word. If you'd open up the word, he'd begin to speak to you through his word. Amen. I know we don't like that, but how many understands we need a revival of reading the word every single day? You know, I, when I was first starting out as a, a very, very young preacher, I, I, you know, you get strange things in your head as a, a young man. And I always felt kind of silly when the Lord would press on my heart to preach about, you know, reading the Bible every day. And, and I don't know why it was, but I, I think it's because in Sunday school, we, you know, <laughs> some of y'all would be shocked, but a uh, pastor used to do um, the, the, every Sunday morning, he would, did we call it kids power hour? Is that what it was? Wheaton, Illinois, Chicago. All the kids would sit on the first two or three rows right here about where Sister Cole is in Chicago. And pastor would come down and we'd sing rise and shine and give God the glory, glory. And then if people were doing a good job, he'd throw candy at them. It was awesome. I know you can't even imagine pastor doing that, but he was a great children's evangelist at one point in his life. He really was. And, uh, and one of the songs that we'd sing every Sunday was read your Bible, pray every day and you'll grow grow, grow. My mom sang it. My, and so in my mind, that's just, that's just Christianity 101. Everybody knows that you've got to read your Bible every day. And surely every Christian is reading their Bible every day. Do you realize how naive it was for me to think that Christians actually do that? Extremely naive. Because I've lived long enough to know that there's a lot of conviction in this room right now. <laughs> because a lot of us are not reading our Bible every day. But if you want to hear the voice of God, you're going to open up his word. Amen. You're going to open up his word and he'll begin to speak to you.
God will speak to you with an audible voice. How many want to hear the audible voice of God? God will do it. I have found, however, that the audible voice of God, God's only done that a very few times in my life. And I will tell you, if you read scripture, this is true as well. God usually only speaks audibly in very extreme circumstances, extreme circumstances where where something needs to be done immediately, and then God speaks into that moment. And it's usually quite terrifying, by the way. You know that one of the reasons God doesn't reveal himself more to us is because it's hard for our flesh and our humanity to handle the unvarnished glory and majesty of God. That's why when the Shekinah glory was coming down from the mountain and Moses was shining with the Shekinah glory of God, it terrified the people. They fell down on their faces. The mountain began to quake. There was thunder and lightning. Did you know that the power and majesty of God is almost more powerful than our flesh can even handle? And when God literally speaks audibly, I'm going to tell you something. It's going to make everything rumble around you. You're going to feel the presence of God. And so God will speak to you audibly, but many times when that happens, it's going to be in a very intense, extreme moment where God has to step in instantly. Be careful what you ask for because God is more powerful than we even recognize in this building tonight. When God starts speaking, when God starts audibly speaking, I'm going to tell you, mountains tremble, oceans tremble, your environment trembles, everything shakes at the voice of God in dreams. How many have ever had God speak to you in a dream before? God will speak to you in dreams. Be careful about your dreams, though. Everybody okay? Please make sure that it's God and not your pizza before you talk about dreams. Hello? Make very, very sure. But God will speak to you in dreams. He'll speak to you with visions. Everyone said visions. Visions. In visions and in dreams. You know, I believe that in the last days, we're going to start seeing more and more visions where God starts dealing with his people through visions. Uh, Really, uh, the entire book of Revelation, John the Revelator, uh, almost everything you're reading in the book of Revelations is visions that God gave John, visions of the future, visions of the end times. And God will deal with us about future events oftentimes through visions when we're really plugged into his spirit. How many want to be plugged into the spirit of God? He'll begin to reveal things to us in visions and in dreams. Most of the time when God has spoken to me through a vision or a dream, it has been related to end time or future events. God will begin to show us things. And and as we grow closer and closer to that final day, God is going to start giving visions to people that will reveal to them how it is important for us to be ready for what is about to happen. And I believe the church needs to be ready right now because God is coming back very, very soon, very, very soon. And we need to have our hearts ready and our minds ready. Next slide. And I'm closing with this slide. Number three, use what I call the axe head principle, the axe head principle. So. Go back to the last place that God spoke to you. And this is specifically for someone who's heard the voice of God before. But you need to hear it again, and you can't seem to plug in to the voice of God. Go back to the last place that God spoke to you and do the last thing that God 
told you to do. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Let's lift up our hands. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Go back to the last place that God spoke to you and do the last thing that God told you to do. Ask yourself, have I obeyed God? I'm being serious. I don't believe that anyone, I'm looking around this room, I don't see anyone in this room that I think would intentionally disobey God. But sometimes, you know, I was talking to my son today because I, I told him to change shirts for church because he'd gotten his shirt at school all dirty and messed up. I said, I want you to go in your room and change your shirt. And then what I want you to do is I want you to, uh, the shirt that you take off, make sure you throw it in the dirty clothes because every parent knows this is a constant struggle because... Kids want to take their clothes off and throw them anywhere they can find to throw them. And I know that's his nature. And so I remind him every time. I say, make sure you put your dirty clothes in the dirty clothes bin. So he comes out of his room a little bit later. He's in a fresh, clean, nice shirt. And, uh, you know, he'd combed his hair. I was telling him he looked good. And then, but he came to me with panic. And he said, uh, he said, Dad... I'd just given him a knife uh, that, that we had bought for him on our honeymoon. A marine knife is really awesome, and he loved it. In fact, he'll probably show it to some of you after church tonight. And, <laughs> and uh, he said, uh, with panic in his face, he said, Dad, where's my knife? I said, oh, I don't know, bub. You just had it a little bit ago. He said, I've looked everywhere. I can't find It's lost. You know, and... He's panicking. So I said, oh, don't worry. We're going to go in here. He said, I know I had it in my room. So I walked in his room, and first thing I see is the dirty shirt that was supposed to be in the dirty clothespin. So my instinct as a dad is I just picked the shirt up, and lo and behold, the minute I picked the shirt up, his knife is underneath the dirty shirt. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Because this became a powerful teaching moment for my son. So I waited till he walked in the room and I picked up the shirt and I said, here's your knife. And he's relieved. And I said, if you had thrown your shirt away in the dirty clothes, you would have known where your knife was all along. And he said, ah, oh. he said, if I would have just obeyed, I would have been fine all along. I said, you've got the picture. Amen. The Lord just set that moment up. Praise God. God can do it better than we can. And then God also gave me a perfect illustration for this final point. And that is that we don't, and you know, the thing about Talmadge is he didn't mean to disobey. He wasn't intentionally disobeying. He just forgot. He really did. That's just his personality. He's a sanguine, forgetful kid. And sometimes we're that way with God. We don't mean to be, but God tells us to do something and and we say, okay, Lord, I'm going to do that. We have every intention to do it. And then we don't. And then we can't find something. 
we've lost something that we need from God. And we're confused and we're like, like the axe head where, where the prophet, he, he, he's, he's trying to cut down a tree like the man of God told him to do. The axe head breaks off. It goes into the water. And he cries out. He says, this isn't my axe. I borrowed it. This was someone else's. He runs, he runs to the man of God and he says, I, I've, I, my axe head's gone in the water. And the man of God looked at him and said, where is the last place that you saw it? Go back there. Then the man of God throws a stick in the water and the axe head floats up. And oftentimes in our relationship with God, we need to go back to the last place that we ever heard him speak. The last place that we ever heard him speak and remember what he said and ask ourselves, have I been obedient to what God told me to do? Or do I still have a dirty shirt somewhere in the bedroom? Stand with me. I find this is often the case for good people, God's children, who are struggling to hear his voice. You've heard his voice, but you're struggling to hear his voice right now. It's because you've got a dirty shirt somewhere. You didn't think of it as a big deal, and, and it doesn't have to be a big deal. All you've got to do is just go back and do what God told you to do. And when you do, you will find the relationship where you left it. Because there can be no response from God without obedience to his word. God won't keep talking to us if we haven't been obedient to what he told us to do last time. Anybody know what I'm talking about tonight? If we want him to respond, we have to obey. Can we lift up our hands right now and just ask the Lord, Lord, I want to I be able to hear your voice, God. I want this to be a year where you speak to me and I hear you and I respond to you, Lord. I want... Lord, I want to be obedient, God, even in, even in things, Lord, that, that I, I, don't even, I didn't even mean to do wrong, even in areas that I didn't even mean to let down my relationship with you, Lord. Help me to go back to those places and, and mend those small things that have put a barrier between us, God. Speak to your people, I pray. Give us visions and dreams, miracles, signs, and wonders, Lord. I pray, God that the gifts of the Spirit would be manifested at Apostolic Tabernacle. I pray, Lord, that the gifts of the Spirit would not die with generations, Lord. I pray that generation after generation would covet the good gifts of the Spirit. I ask it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We give you praise and we give you glory and we give you honor tonight. We worship you, Jesus. Could you clap your hands to the Lord and give him praise? We love you, Lord. We praise you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Sister Cole, this is going to be a house of prayer. It's going to be a house of prayer. Greet someone and tell them you love them. Yes.